On today's episode of After the Snap, we will be covering the recent NFL cutdowns as well as a preview of week one. We will also be covering some recent news out of the MLB, including Albert Pujols' road to 700 homers. We are officially on Pujols' watch. It's time for After the Snap. Let's go. Every snap is an interview. After the Snap. What a snap. And keep your mouth shut, 50! I lead by example. With Blake and Reed Ferguson discussing life in, out, and after football. To be able to leave walking away with a degree and a championship, uh, it couldn't be any better. Yeah! Well, you can take this boy out the real sound, thought of, but you can't take the real sound out of my voice. And now here we go again, twist a little bit of teeth because I got thick skin. Reed, I think we would be remiss to not start our call with some heartbreaking news out of the Dolphins organization. After the game on Saturday, we, the team, was told that our community relations director, he was a senior VP of the team, and all around just amazing human being, Jason Jenkins had passed away. And immediately I was just like overcome with all of the emotions that you get when you hear that somebody that close to you has passed. It was incredibly sad. He impacted so, so many people in this community in South Florida. And he was just the hands and feet of Jesus in this town. And you could tell that he was just a light. He was beaming. He loved every single person that he got to work with and he will be sorely missed. I would be remiss if we didn't start our podcast with just letting our listeners know how important he was to our organization. I believe the service for him is going to be held at Hard Rock Stadium on Monday, on Labor Day. I think that that, I could be wrong, but I, th- I believe that that is open to the public, but I'm, I'm not positive on that. We will get more information on that. I, I think I just happened to see the, the post earlier, but we will certainly tweet that out <clears throat> from the podcast account. I know there's a bunch of Dolphins fans who uh, may want to be included in that. Continuing um, one one thing on that, uh, and just to just before we move on, um, I didn't know Jason, never met him, but there's uh, whenever somebody of of I'm going to say of clear importance to a community like you just spoke on, um, there's a few people that you know when you get on social media and people that are um, publicly grieving. Uh, going through the grieving process and, and posting, you know, messages to Jason about Jason. There's a few people that I follow that it just it like it re reiterates what you just said. It's, it's dip, like if this group of people in this community post something like that about Jason, yeah. it means more than. Yeah. This is going to come across the wrong way. It means more than just a, a Dolphins fan. Yeah. Right? Yeah. People around the league that I follow on social media, on, on Twitter mostly, that posted a, about Jason and basically said s- similar things to what you just said. 
in the mm-hmm. in your opening that speaks volumes yeah clearly he he meant a lot to that organization a lot to the community and a lot to the players as well so yeah, um, yeah and i i think with and this is the last thing we'll we'll say on this is i i think with it being as tragic as it was they said he he died of a of a blood clot that i think the medical examiner put out put that out today and that's just something that you know you you can't it, when it happens that fast and it you know it's it's very unexpected for somebody who's he's 47 he was healthy it just it hurts a little bit more so we will certainly be missing him for a long long time by way of other <laughs> relatively terrible news yesterday say, let's just get it out of the way yeah, on the front let's, end <laughs> let's let's get it out of the way uh, <clears throat> at the beginning of the pod all of it yesterday was cut day and you and I have spoken on this every single year uh, since I've been in the league, this is going. Oh, this is my third year in the league, and we talk about cut day and just how much it stinks because you build relationships with the guys coming out of college, build relationships with the free agents that you sign, and for the team to effectively be cut down by a third in the matter of a day is tough. And I want to hear your thoughts on it, but. For me, it's it's the worst day of the season, you know. Besides the last one, it's 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 a it's funny. I was I was walking into the facility yesterday on cut day, and there were some of our operations folks sitting, kind of sitting there at the door, and you know why they're sitting there? Like they're they're catching the you know the the folks coming in who are on the list to be you know to meet with yep. Mr. Greer. <laughs> and I was walking in and they were like, morning, Blake. And I just kind of gave him a, I just kind of gave him like a, don't look at me. Like, do not talk like, to me. Not, don't look at not me. Not today. Like today not is today. not the day. Uh, and I just kind of like kept my head down and, and put my hand up over my, like over my eyes. I don't see you. I don't see you. Uh, but I, I like turned around and gave him a little good morning wave and kept going about my business. But uh, I, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts after, you know, having gone through cut day once and then, you know, six, six years later, uh, yep. having made the roster. A few things, the phrase worst day of the year is, is muttered around the building every cut day. That's a, that's a widely like this and the day out, like you said, the day after kind of the, whenever your season ends, if you don't win the Super Bowl, that's also one of the worst days of the year. Uh, but I think a few positive things that I try to f- try to look at from cut day is really, you know, hoping to get some of those guys back on the practice squad that you have put the work in guys that you think will help your team guys that are, you know, could be called up during the season guys that give good scout team looks like I've got, you know, Mike love is a guy that's been here in Buffalo for, you know, almost as long as I have. And he's been a practice squad guy uh, just about every year. Uh, he's been active um, here and there throughout his time in Buffalo. But he rushes me on scout when when we're doing like punt day. He gives me one of the best, some of the best rushes in the league. So like, and that's something that, you know, we I talk with him just about every week. I'm like, you know, who are we playing this week? Can you replicate some stuff that this guy does? Can you, you know, 
cheat on your get off a little bit to make it a little harder, you know, stuff like that. Right. Um, so he, and, and he, he knows me. So he knows how to, you know, like he knows how to beat me. He knows, you know, some of my yeah. weaknesses, which, which I appreciate. He, he's a guy, you know, but you need guys like that. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate having guys like that around because that only makes, yeah. you know, I'm speaking for myself, but it makes everybody on your team better when you give, when you, you know, when you give guys good scout team looks. So, yeah. um, and, and obviously in preparation for, uh, for game week. But, uh, the other thing is, um, you know, when, you know, if a team, you know, releases guys, which happens every year, it's always great to see guys get claimed to other teams that were on, you know, the, that, that you went through the offseason with, you know, Bills. I don't know about the Dolphins. I was looking at the, at the waiver claim sheet earlier that was tweeted out. Um, I didn't look at the Dolphins, but I, I was kind of skimming because it says each team, it goes by, you know, each team, if they, if they claimed a guy off waivers, who they came from. And I, that's basically all I was skimming from was mm-hmm. like v- via see, Buffalo, many, via players, Buffalo. Yeah. Um, to see how many guys, and I think, um, four, maybe five guys got claimed and, and a few guys that, that I was pretty close with that I, uh, had, had some, some rookies that I had gained, um, a good relationship with. So happy for those guys. Cause they're, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, if you get claimed off of waivers, you automatically, uh, you, you go, you immediately go, you're not on practice squad. You immediately go to the active roster. And you get, uh, you, you have to remain on the active roster for three games, minimum of three games, um, which, uh, is an accredited season for those that don't know as well. So, uh, that's huge, you know, in terms of getting those guys, getting the, the careers of those guys started, uh, on the right foot. So that's kind of the, the good side of cut day that I try to look at every year. The last thing, uh, just kind of on the practice squad side of things, we had a couple of guys make it back and had they had kind of done their 24 hours. They were back in the building before we finished up today. And it was cool seeing those guys and just, you know, we had seen them a day prior, but, you know, seeing them and their energy and their enthusiasm towards being back on a team that they are fully 100% bought into is incredible, you know, because there are, there are teams out there. I'm sure that you just resign to the practice squad. If you, you know, clear waivers, you resign to the practice squad, but you're really just there on the practice squad, hoping that another team will pick you up or that you will sign to the roster for your team. And then, you know, the, vibe that I was getting from these practice squad players is I want to do whatever it takes to help the dolphins win. Yep. It's a, it was a <clears throat> team bought in mentality. And I just, I loved that. Um, that's a, that's the, um, uh, speaking from experience that that comes top down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so that I'm was, sure that's something that coach McDaniel is, is starting to instill. It's, it's, it's very, uh, it's very much team, the team over me, yeah. uh, way of doing things. So, yeah, for sure. So, um, um, wanted to, uh, before we move on to the week one stuff, uh, wanted to congratulate two new snappers in the league making their debuts, uh, this season. Congratulations to Liam McCullough, friend of 
uh, Blake Ferguson. You guys um, went through yeah. um, basically kind of the whole snapping mm-hmm. circuit through high school together. Uh, he went to Ohio State and has now landed uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. I believe he was with Detroit and maybe Arizona uh, over the last no, two years. It, he that... was with no, it was uh, Vegas and then Vegas, uh, right. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. And Vegas. Yeah. Why did I think he was in Detroit for a hot minute? I don't know. May want to double check that. I, um, I anyway, could be so wrong congrats, on that, but I know he was in Pittsburgh and maybe Vegas. it was Pittsburgh. Congrats to Liam and also congrats to Jack Coco. I saw he made the roster in Green Bay. So congrats to those two fellas and best of luck to them. Hopefully uh, we see you on after the snap, clutch snap of the week. Let's go. Moving on, week one is upon us um, as of yesterday. Uh, so we uh, we are... Wait, can we, about- can, we, can we do that again? Because I think we need a little more energy behind week one. Let's go. Go ahead. Go ahead. It is week one of the NFL season. Yes, it is. Proceed. Yes, it is. I apologize for not bringing the juice. Um, I'm saving, I'm saving all my juice for next Thursday. No, you're not. Um, so forgive me. The, uh, so, so we're, we're dang near about a week out. I mean, we're, you know, right now we'd be, we'll be in LA next week, next Wednesday, uh, prepping for our game on Thursday night in LA against the Rams. Are y'all going um, early? Do you know? I don't believe we are. I, I have y'all um, done that historically? Like no. what for West Coast games go like nope. a day, like go like on a Friday instead of a Saturday for a Sunday game. Nope. And um, I asked about that. I inquired to some smart people, and they told me that there is basically no advantage from a sleep routine standpoint to going just a day early. You would have to go almost a week early for your actual get, for your body feel the uh, benefits of yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, which is interesting because I know uh, the Patriots are going down to Miami, which is not a different time zone, but the Patriots are going to Florida almost a week ahead of like they're doing their whole practice week in Florida. Good. Which I thought was interesting, you know, Bring for it. heat reasons, I guess. Looking ahead, you get the Patriots play at the Dolphins. Yep. Um, home opener. Is this the first time that you've opened at home? Uh, yeah. You op- it is. Okay. It is. You had, uh, we've, your we've rookie played year. them. We played them week one every year that I've been in the league. But the past uh, two seasons, the last that's what two I were okay. in, were at Gillette. Week one, my rookie year was no fans. That's right. Week, week one last year was packed out Gillette Stadium. Xavier Howard pulls out a fumble. They're literally like, like about to ice the game. They were they were down a point and in field goal range. They were just killing the clock. Xavier Howard rips the ball out. Turnover. We get to kneel it out for a win. It was. I think I remember watching that. So you awesome. guys have. So you've won. You, you you won there week one two years in a row. No, we lost my first game. Of you my lost two years career. ago. Yeah, I thought you won. I'm, I'm, I'm it was close. Three, I'm currently three of four against the Patriots. My okay. first game of my career being the first. L. Got it. Got it. Three and four. Three. Sorry. Three of four. Three of three four. of four. Got it. Okay. Three of four. Okay. Not three out of four. 
Needless to say, both very excited about the uh, the upcoming. What other um, games? We've got some some good games. Uh, I don't know. Won. I think there's pretty good. Uh, that sun? No, is it the Sunday night game? Is uh, Bucks Cowboys? Yes, Sunday night. which was the opener last year, which was a fantastic game. Yeah, um, it might be the. I might be thinking of the Monday night game. Oh, uh, Broncos Seahawks. Broncos Seahawks. Um, that's Broncos Russell country. Wilson going Let's back ride. to Seattle. Um, and then right. uh, Raiders Chargers division that's, matchup. That's the one that I was that I had kind of circled was yep, Raiders that's Chargers Sunday afternoon. Yep, that's and then uh, I think the obvious one to look at also is uh, Browns Panthers. Yep. Baker Mayfield hosting his former team. team. Well, that will certainly be one to keep an eye on. I'm excited because I will be home. All weekend, yeah. Uh, College by myself, football by myself. Erica oh. is going to the beach, wow. taking a beach trip with uh, with her family. Uh, so I'll be home all alone with the pups, feet up, watching ball, watching ball. College football all day long. that will be. I'm gonna hit church. church I'm gonna hit church Sunday morning, and I'm gonna grab some lunch. Grab some grub. Where are we grabbing? Where are we grabbing grub? I don't know. It depends on what I'm feeling. Got to go. Bar depends bill, on what right? I'm feeling. Maybe gotta, barbell. Got to go wings. Maybe for some wings football. for the first first Sunday of the yeah. season. Yeah. And I will probably not move off of my couch except to let the dogs out from one o'clock till uh, when does the last game end? Eleven p.m. Yeah. I'm already looking forward to that Sunday. Uh, seven straight hours of commercial-free football. What, isn't that what they? Isn't that what the red, NFL red zone? Commercial. Oh, uh, red zone. Isn't that what the? I don't know if I have the guy. The, isn't that what the guy that says at the beginning of the broadcast? He's like, "It's time for seven hours of commercial-free football." I don't know. I haven't. I have no idea. I haven't. I don't know. Anyway, I don't watch red zone. Um, I I, I know people like go crazy over red zone, but uh, can we? A- sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's great. It's a great yeah. channel. Yeah. Can we just talk about how how much of an entertainment genius the NFL is? Yes. How strate- We've hit on this before. How strategic they own the calendar. S- how, well, how strategic their scheduling is for okay. the Baker Mayfield I have, thing. Okay, I have thing. something else. The Broncos Russell, Seahawks. Russell Wilson. I think Deshaun Watson like comes back like the week yeah, before. That was what I was about to say. The week before they play. Six, okay, so Houston. you get a six game suspension. That's that's like uh like that number is normal. Yeah. Right? Like six games. Right? You're like six games for whatever you whatever you're got in trouble for. Yeah. If it's worth Mm-hmm. Some games, but not the whole season. You're like six games, six or eight games is you, you know, four, six, eight, right? No, but six games come down. And everybody's like, that's not enough, right? He needs more. He, he needs to pay a fine. Yeah. yeah. So Roger Goodell, you know, investigates himself, investigates the situation himself. Eleven games. Exactly eleven. Eleven games. How did we land? And guess on- who they? Guess who they play? Guess who the Browns play 
in mm. week twelve. I would you would you tell us please? What I mean, what are what are the odds? You can't make it up. We play them in up. week eleven. Yeah, we play them. So we'll be playing them week, the, the week before he gets week back. Week nine. Um, anyway, week twelve. The Cleveland Browns, I believe, go to visit Houston Texans. Yeah, I know they play the Houston Texans. Literally, I don't know. If it's, literally, cannot make it up. Yeah, it's at Houston. <laughs> oh, can't make it up. I mean, it's all, it's almost as good as, and, and I'm saying this like, this is not, it's not like the situation's terrible. Cleveland hosted the, what did they host a couple weeks ago? The, like the massage. Yeah, it's like the massage convention. therapist convention for the, like, In, the whole of America. Yeah. Cleveland, of all places, Cleveland. Can't, can't make it up. Cleveland. Who wants to go to, Cleveland. Anyway. Have it in Dallas like, or something. Like, like have the, it in in the middle of the country. Let me Kansas clarify. City. Like, let me clarify my previous statement. Lincoln, Nebraska. Before. Yeah. Let me clarify my previous statement by saying I've never been to Cleveland. I've been but I haven't twice. heard. I haven't heard of anyone ever holding some sort of large corporate convention. Like do it in Vegas or do it in. Right. Like the Bahamas or something like do it in a tourist destination that like it's fun to, you know, have the meetings and then you go to the pool or do whatever. Cleveland? It's, I don't know, bro. It's too perfect. It's too perfect. Can't make it up. So anyway, to your point, the NFL, they know how to do it. It's amazing. They know how to do it. Next Topic of conversation and something that is near and dear to both of our hearts. LSU. Let's go. Opening this Sunday. The Fighting Tigers. September 4th against Florida State in the, what do they call it now? Is it, is it called something different? It's the Little Caesars Super. No, it's C. Oh, is it Little Caesars or Caesars? Like Caesars Palace? The, super, oh, yeah. the New Orleans Superdome. It's not Dome. Little Caesars. It's, it is the Caesars Superdome, I think. Yeah, the Caesars, like Caesars sports betting, maybe. Yeah. So, it's not uh, Little Caesars. Not the pizza. Uh, not Little Caesars. Not, it's not the pizza box. They're not calling, you know, like, because next door, down the street, they've got the, the Smoothie King Arena for the Pelicans, and they call it the Blender. Yeah. It's like literally across the street. I, that's what I'm saying. It's, we've got yeah. the Blender. Next to the pizza box. Hot and ready, $5, baby. Hot and ready, drink your smoothie hey, and eat your pizza. I would be um, lying if we said that we didn't eat so many of those $5 hot and readies in high school. In college. WCA yeah. was right next to the Astor Street. Astor Street, Astor Street. So LSU opening this Sunday um, against Florida State. Three Obviously. Obviously going to be locked in. Interesting that they're a three-point favorite because we have so many trans. How, how do you even know what to expect from LSU? Like we don't know who the quarterback is going to be. You're basically getting three points just because you're a you're just because it's kind of a home field advantage. Yeah, and I don't know how good Florida State's going to be. I don't know if they're ranked. I know LSU is not ranked. It's the first time in a long time that they haven't been ranked. I believe. Looks like they already. Does Florida State not have a full schedule? Florida State is already Surely. one is already one and zero. They okay. played Duquesne. This is wild. Check so this out. So they're zero and zero. 
they played Duquesne last week. Last week, uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, on Saturday, forty-seven to seven victory. Okay, week two, uh, this week, this week, no, it says week two bye. It says week two bye. That doesn't make sense. Oh, it must be because. Saturday is the last day of their mm, game of their week. week. Yeah. So Sunday. So it says their... week two bye. Then they play but, LSU. And then they have four more games. And then week eight bye. The second weekend in October. Oh, because they play. What in this the is, world? Are you looking at the same this schedule makes, I'm looking at? This makes no sense. I'm looking at the same one. There's four bye weeks. But the but the dates, they must be tri- okay. they must be tripping. But the dates make the dates all add up. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve games. So yeah, I guess maybe they don't have a bye week though. Their bye week their bye week is after LSU. Sure is. They have yeah they have twelve days. Twelve days till Louisville. Okay, that's Wild. weird. Yahoo that- needs to get their ish together and now that we're looking at it 69 percent of fans hey nice are um picking lsu to win but uh there was news out um i think it was yesterday um we're recording on wednesday i think tuesday it came out maybe it was monday that uh brian kelly um the head coach is not going to name the quarterback for Sunday's game, for the first game of the season. So to, to, I like that. to keep his competitive advantage. Uh, which, we do know that it's not going to be Miles Brennan. That we correct. do. Do they do media at practice? I don't know. I, I would assume so. You have to. Could you not just look at who's running with the ones? Well, I like, don't think, uh, I don't know that they do. I, don't, I think they like make them leave during team. Like it's just for in like it. individual stuff. Okay. Just like while they're throwing. Look at the first guy going through drills. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they switch it up. I think that. I don't know. Who knows? I feel like you would be able to have a good read on who's going to be the quarterback based on drills and like who's, I don't know, the like first to everything. I don't know. Who's throwing better passes? Beats me. Anyway. Uh, super psyched, obviously, to uh, watch the Tigers. I think they'll be good this year. I, t- I was talking to somebody the other day in the cafeteria. If they go eight and four, happy. I'm happy. That's a solid first season. Maybe beat a couple rivals. Yeah, a couple of the big games. Um, eight and four, solid season. Solid first season for Brian Kelly. Get some of the transfers going. And then and kind of see where you're at, but I am not expecting double digit wins. If we get double digit wins, I'll be over the moon. But I, I want I, something above 500, seven, eight, or nine wins. I think it has to be the yeah. If you if you minimum goal, if you put up a, like an underwhelming like five let's go and, right now, like five and seven. Let's go through the season right now. Okay. Florida State. I think my my point is if if you put up an underwhelming five and seven to like start your career at LSU, things get kind of weird, kind of fast. Like yeah, alarm bells start start going off. But I don't think that'll happen. I think we need to go through the schedule right now. Florida State, call to win. 
Southern call to win. Uh, Mississippi State at home. Mississippi State good this year? I'm going to say that's a win. Giving that one a toss-up? I'll say sure. Mississippi State's a win and New Mexico's a win. So you're starting off 4-0. and Hey, Auburn Tigers rolling okay. in. Uh, we're rolling into Auburn, Alabama. Jordan Auburn, Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss. You win October 1st. two of those two, two of those four. You win two of those four. You're at six and two going into, into the bye week. week. Okay. And then you finish with Bama at okay. home. Can we, can we, can we go back? You got to tell me what two are winning. What two? I'm going to say the... definitely Tennessee. Sorry, definitely Dad. Tennessee. Definitely Dude, they're Tennessee. Good. They're not ranked. They're a good team. I'm not doubting, but we have them at home. I'm going to say definitely Tennessee and one of Florida or Ole Miss. I like winning at Florida. I do too. New, so you're six they and also two have into a, the they bye also week. have a new coach. Yes. At that point in time, that's kind of like that four game stretch where you start the SEC, like true SEC play. That's like make or break time for your season. 100%. Game six, seven, you're kind of like, all right, do we do we have a true shot at this? I think we roll into Florida and we're – We could roll into Florida. Are we – Six and oh, are we minimum seven, five and one. Are we seven and one going into – going into week 10 after the bye week versus Alabama at home? See, you're, you're going three and one in the first – in those Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Ole Miss, I'm going two and I think I think we're lucky to go two and two. To me, if they're going to lose two games, it's going to be Tennessee and, and Ole Miss. Auburn like wanted to fire their coach in the offseason because he had all kinds of weird stuff going on. He like divided the team. So they're going to be fighting each other, not Maybe. fighting not the fighting tigers. You know how hard it is to win there for us though? Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. That's gonna be that to me. That'll be a two thirty game or three thirty yep. game. So let's call it, let's call it six and two going into week nine, Love the it. bye week. Love it. Okay, and we with finish that. with we finish with Bama at home. Loss. Loss. Hate to say it. So you're six and three at Arkansas. That's always tough for us to win. Yeah, especially late, man. It's it home gets cold. Yep, home UAB. At A and M, so once again, once A&M's again, gonna be really good this year. <laughs> one, that's what I'm saying. You, you're you're six and two. You're six and three after Bama. Yeah, you got to win two of three against Arkansas, UAB, and Texas A and M to go eight and four. Eight I breaks. mean, if you're going over under with wins, I'm saying over under six and a half, maybe seven. Seven. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like. Even lines six and a half. I'm going to go over. See, but seven and a half. You're going seven and a half. I'm going under seven and a half. I'm saying if it was seven and a half, I'd go under. So if you put the line at seven, yeah. Oof. Oof. I believe in the Tigers. I'm going over. I do too. All right. I'm also realistic. Mark it down. Okay. Mark it down. Blake. Blake says over. Reed says under. Over. I'll Reed. go seven wins. You go eight. Reed you're over. You're tigers. over. No, you set the over under at seven. I'm going over. You have to okay. go under. So if they get seven wins, 
It pushes. It pushes. Okay. They have to have eight or six to eight or six matter. Max Johnson is a. That was a for those listening on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts. That was us spitting in our hand and shaking hands via Zoom. Max Johnson is now a Texas A&M Aggie, and I forgot about that until I was just looking at the Aggies roster and saw that they have like seven quarterbacks on the roster, one of them being Max Johnson. You have to set the dogs loose on Max. Like you got to set them loose every week. That is it, but that is an all time. And I, and I love Max. I love Max. Love him to death. He was great. You can't do that. You can't, you cannot leave a school and, and, and TJ Finley, same thing. TJ Finley at, at Auburn. You can't do it. You cannot leave a school and go to the rival. That is just like, uh, so got, guys well. have done that historically and it doesn't turn out well. So we'll see. We've had a handful of guys leave and go to Bama. Yeah. Savion Smith did it. That to- yeah. that tight end that went to Georgia that got, that yeah. said he was homesick, but wasn't really homesick. They just took everybody for a walk. Yeah. Took, took all of sports media for a walk. Anyway. A conversation for another day. I want to talk about one of the m- most exciting athletes I think I've ever laid my eyes on. And that pains me to say because I traded him away in fantasy baseball. It literally makes me sick to my stomach, but I can't stop watching him. Julio Rodriguez for the Seattle Mariners. It's um, unbelievable. He is a Bonafide superstar. Again, pains me to say it. He just signed a massive, what could be a massive contract. I believe it's eight years, but potential to be 14. Uh, and it goes for, uh, what's the minimum? He got two, 200, 200 guaranteed. But there's escalators all the way up to like 440 or something like that. Like if, if he plays and goes all the way through and it escalates all the way to the max contract, yeah. he it would be, I think, the richest contract ever. Now, when we get to the end of that contract, it's going to be worth diddly poo. Mm-hmm. Like somebody's going to have signed a $600 million contract by then. Yeah. I think the way that they structured it is really cool. And I think I think that, it is too with all I the MVP it, clauses and stuff like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's it very, very game. cool. It changes the game for young players. Absolutely. Because it's for great the, for yeah, a long time. It, for a long well, for a long time it's been you play your six years or whatever it is, and then you six. and then you gotta you get, go through arbitration. Arbitration and then you get paid. Yep. But the the, the Braves we're are seeing changing. a shift. We're seeing a shift. Then they yep. did it with the Braves. Did it with Acuna and Albies. Ozzie they they gave Michael those Harris. guys. The, they well, but they gave those guys not outstanding money, but they gave them enough to be committed to the Braves. And this That's a great way to put it. They did it with they did it with Michael Harris. And and what I think is cool about the way that they're doing it with and, Julio and uh, the third baseman Austin, right? Austin Riley. Riley, yes, 
Um, but what the, what they're doing with Julio is adding all these incentives in, right? So so it's you, you know he's got a twelve year, two hundred nine million dollar base deal, which is effectively in the you know if compared to the the huge number is chump change. But if he goes and and wins a whole bunch of MVPs, you know World Series, does everything that he you know that is expected of him to do, you know, in the coming years because of how amazing he's been so far, then he can make a gazillion dollars. And it's, I think that's a cool way to incentivize these young players as opposed to doing your six years and then getting paid. Mm-hmm. I, I I think it's, I think it's phenomenal. I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's, uh, the teams are betting on the player, the players betting on, you know, the players taking, you know, taking advantage of the success that they've had thus far in his career in in their career. The dude hadn't even played a, a full season. No. He's getting two hundred million guaranteed. That just shows, like what I said, he's a bona fide superstar. He's the face of the franchise. Michael Harris, same he's, thing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 bananas. I think the the Braves are have kind of written the framework for doing this. Do you think we start seeing? More and more rookies <clears throat> signing big deals. I think um, because that's that's what I've never natural. I, I've never seen this happen before. The natural progression, yes, because I, I because it's being done more and more. It it will be done more and more, but it very much varies team to team because you look at teams like teams that aren't teams that don't spend money historically Oakland Seattle they they're they're historically not a franchise that spends a lot of money Tampa they just started doing it uh because they signed Wander Franco to a big deal last year who's um he was their number one prospect for a long time he's a superstar uh in the making I mean you know couldn't really see Baltimore doing something like this, you know, some of those smaller market teams like Cleveland, maybe not Minnesota, maybe not. I don't, it kind of depends, but uh, I think it very much differs team to team, but a big market team like the Braves, the Braves are one of the most well-run organizations in all of sports. They're doing it the right way. Like that's like, this yeah. is, this is the way you do business. You yeah. keep your great, superstar yeah. players, the players that want to play for you and the players that yeah. make other guys want to come play for the Braves yep. and you lock them up on team friendly deals. And you cannot and let good players walk out golden. the door. You're golden. You can't, you can't let good players walk out the door. And, and I think that the Braves see that they see yeah. the talent that has come up through that system and they're not, planning on letting it go anytime. Yep. And I love that. Yeah. They've locked up their core for the next, I don't know, six, five, six years. So it's pretty cool to see. Um, We've got something brewing yes. here in, in the MLB. I'm going to need, um, this is a, this is a note um, for Chris, producer Chris. Uh, I need you to pull the audio maybe from, I don't know, probably a month ago where I think I said on the podcast about Pujols hitting 700 in the World Series. 
I think he's going to do it before the playoffs. Did you say that on air or was it just a tweet? I think I said it. I you think said, I no, said, you said I, it on air I, because then I said it on Twitter. Yes. I, I confirmed um, it on Twitter. It's He's at 694. It is not even September yet. We have, I think he's got 32 games left, including today's game, and he needs six homers. At what six point? Homers, six homers in a month is average for a, a good power hitter. At what point in the season were they like, we're going to, we're going to get this guy to 700? Well, because he like, yeah. it was like he was shot out of a cannon. Like you didn't hear anything from Albert Pujols. He was barely cracking their lineup. Yeah. Like he was in and he was out. He was that's in a and great he was question. Out. And then all of a sudden, boom. Then two nights later, he's he's hit, three he, a week. he hit two home runs in a, like in a game. And yeah. it's it's like, where did this ha- like how did this happen? Where did this come from? The dude was like in tennis shoes for like the first half of the season. Yeah. He wasn't even in cleats. Great question. And I I probably need to look at his splits. <laughs> But I do know that they are almost exclusively hitting him against left-handed pitching right now because he's been mashing left-handed pitching. So that could have been a big thing earlier in the season. He might, he might have been playing more against righties. Yeah. And now he's exclusively playing against lefties. He's um, slugging. You have his splits sl- there. He's slugging 806 versus left, 326 versus right. There you go. <laughs> I mean, 11 homers, 11 homers versus lefties, four homers versus righties. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, 800 OPS. Wow. That, that's generally viewed as, you know, a, a, a really, really good player in your lineup is an 800 OPS. Pretty cool. I mean, he's been a guy that we've watched for our whole lives, basically. He's 40. Two years old, however old, he, however I don't even know how old he is. Forty-one years old, um, just mashing bombs, and it's pretty cool to see because everybody is cheering for it. You can't wait. I mean, it, I watched a video a of him. Of I watched a video of him. I don't know where they just played. I want to say it was Pittsburgh. I can't even remember. Let me look up real quick. They just played a, a game. He hit an opposite home run like two nights ago. Oh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, two nights ago. And not a ton of fans, but the whole place is going bananas. Because Albert Pujols, Hall of Famer, hit 696, 694 in their stadium, and they were there to watch. Hope he, hope he gets there. One more thing before I, I know I posted um, to get some some listener questions. Uh, which I'm excited I always, about these. Always like to always like good. to see those. This was a good set. Yep. So I saw something a few days ago about Donovan Mitchell. I know we don't do a ton of NBA stuff on here. Players removing when players want a move away from a team, they take the, all their team stuff like off their social media. What do you? First of all, do you have any thoughts on that? Just initial thoughts. Uh, I just, I think it's childish. I think it's petty. I think it's, it was like a thing, you know, and it, and it was, it was like groundbreaking maybe four or five years ago. Now it's like, like it's, it's quite obvious. Like they're looking for that now. 
Right. It used to be I, like, oh, somebody just, you know, robot zero one two three happened to notice that he unfollowed his team. Right. Now it's like they're like journalists are like any drama. Any drama you're looking, you're like, oh, who's he following? Yep. Looking um, at the, t- the tweets he's liked. Oh yeah, I've seen know, some of looking that. Looking at the tweets that, that they've stuff. liked. Labor Torres. Um, kind of got in some trouble with the Yankee fans during the trade season um, in July because he was rumored to be going, I think, to the – can't remember. Maybe the Marlins for a pitcher. It was a package for an, a player. He, he, he like, liked a tweet that was, like that, – that was, like, from a, another team's fan base. Like, we would love Glaber, you know, and if we traded – such and such for Glaber. Yeah, I have to go back and look it up. He liked it. He like liked the tweet, and it blew. And like Yankee fans, yeah, like started blowing up. And he un he went back and unliked it. So you're, some you're somehow some mess, yeah, like, somehow, somehow some the message got back to him. Um, but yeah, it's so I had I, I think shots live forever. Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. I think that it makes it harder. On it makes it harder to move you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like buying a car, right? If you go in and you're like, oh, I love the car. You know, this beautiful car. I love, it's the fastest car I've ever driven. You take it for a test drive. It's like, oh, it's, it's, you know, I love the color. You're giving away all your leverage. Yeah. When you yeah. ask for a price to reduction, the car salesman's like, why am I going to be get, going to give you a reduct? You know, why am I going to negotiate at all when you just I told know me? You love it. Yeah, I know you love the car. You just yeah. told me how much you love it, and you, I know you want to be in this car by the end of the day today. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, kind of in an opposite way with the social media deal. If you take, if a if if a team that wants to trade for you knows publicly that you don't want to be on the team that you're on the team that you're on loses the leverage and it's harder to yeah it's like trade you away it's like look how good this player is he hates it he hates us right (laughs) and there are other teams like well i was gonna offer you you know a fourth round pick but now i'm just gonna offer you a seventh right it's like you you lose you lose your leverage sorry I, i that that doesn't really like pertain to anything yeah. that's like happening. I just yeah. it happened. I think, I think it happened such with, an, I think it happened with Kyler back before yes. they signed his big deal. Yes. I think something recently just happened with Lamar. Debo Samuel. Yeah. I mean it's that was it's another like thing like way it, too obvious. Thing. Right. If you it was it was cool right. and like cool. If you're unhappy somewhere, don't make yeah. it harder on yourself to leave. Yeah. Or okay. just don't make it hard on the team to have leverage to that's, leave, like make that's leave. the point. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly my point. Um, okay, so just to finish off, no short snaps today. We have a few listener questions. Some we haven't we, done this in a while. We haven't done it in a while. We got four really good ones. Yeah, thank you to everybody that listened. Okay, first off, and I saw this for the first time. I saw a video of this. Uh, you may, I don't know if you may have sent it to me. I saw a video I, of it. I, uh, I saw a video of another podcast 
discussing this topic. Bunch or fold? My answer. No, we're going to answer at the same time. Well, my answer is not going to be what you think it's going to be. Because I don't use toilet paper. I use dude wipes. Okay. I thought you were going to say use a bidet. (laughs) Although I do have guys on the team that like swear by bidets. And I don't, I've never met, I have never heard somebody not swear by a bidet. Yeah. Michael Polardi was like the biggest bidet guy I've ever met. Oh my God. He, I think he said he has one in every toilet in his house. Like humongous bidet. Have you ever used one? Yes, I have. And it was like one of the most startling experiences of my life. <laughs> of my life. This is an open door to any bidet company that wants free advertisement on after the snap. You just, you have so much free publicity potential from Blake Ferguson. So with that, this being is amazing. Said, this is oh not, my gosh, a, I'm so glad we're talking about this. this. Is <laughs> Whoever asked this question. Thank you so much. This is not an ad for dude wipes. Although, dude wipes are phenomenal. And you have to use not the, not the, uh, not the regular like fragrance-free ones. You have to get the mint ones because it is Don't just like. tell me that. What? Why? Who's sniffing your crack, bro? Nobody is. But when I'm in the bathroom, the mint offsets things a little bit. That's why you get poopery spray. You spray it before? Yeah. That's the point. No. No. You go, pss, pss, and then poop. But am I going to walk in the bathroom at the Miami Dolphins practice facility and spray my poopery? Do you, do you, is that what I'm going to do? Is the bathroom near the locker room? Yeah, it's attached. Okay. Okay. So stop by your locker. I'm going to carry a poopery bottle. I'm going to, I'm gonna be. Our, it's way easier for us because our our shower cubbies are right by the stalls. No, it's not about convenience. It's why about is that a just, bad thing? I I don't know. I carry the I carry the wipes in Spraying there. Spraying poopery sounds way better than trying to sell me on buying mint flavored wipes. Flavored, flavored, scented, <laughs> dude wipes. Important clarification. <laughs> You know, Dude Wipes was started by a former NFL player. Yeah, it's genius. Uh, They're the best. What was his? They wouldn't. They wouldn't give them a mint fragrance if it wasn't useful. Just like the trash bags. Just like the trash bags that have uh, Febreze. It's like it offsets the smell a little bit. Okay, so back to the original question: If you were a buncher or a holder, okay, so before Dude Wipes, before this is okay, so go pre. Dude, dude wipes. I, I've got to tell you. I don't know how long that's been, but I know we, when we were living we had together, co- you we had weren't cotton a dude L, wipe guy. We had Cottonelle wipes like growing up. So I know, but okay. like I, I will say, it, when, when how long have you been using dude wipes? Two years, probably since like beginning of last. Since year. you moved beginning out of my of house, my, beginning of last season. No, I I went my rookie year without using them. Oh, 
But okay. I, I would say during that time. We got some and, from and uh, Rev1, right? Rev I don't just like carry dude wipes around in my back pocket. Like I have to be at home or at the facility. Like I don't just carry them in my back pocket. Okay. So when you don't have dude wipes. Fold. Oh my God. Are you serious? Dude. Are you, do you, you bunch and, yeah. and risk and risk a finger poking through? No, it doesn't poke through. Finger getting some. All right. We need to move on from this conversation because this is way too much toilet talk. I'm astonished right now. Got to fold, dude. Got to layer it up because I'm the half sure. ply, the half ply industrial toilet paper that you get at most public restrooms is just not strong enough. That's all I have to say about that. The next question that we have on the list is one that I'm going to save for last because I, I don't want to go there yet. So the next question we're going to, we're going to hit is the first is somebody. I heard somebody talking about this the other day. I don't remember where I think it might've been on Twitter. Okay. Is a pancake bread. Yes. Because McDonald's sells. What are the, what's the breakfast sandwich? Mc, the McGriddle? McGriddle. Basically. It's effectively a pancake. A pancake used as, used as bread. bread. That was my argument when I saw that question. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. I don't remember where I saw that, but it, it like made my head hurt a little bit. Um, I think. I think it's more bread than it is cake. I mean, I'm but on board. I think bread. it's bread. So definitely bread. All right, favorite movie. Oh, what is your goodness. what is your single favorite most favoritest movie? The Great Escape. Ooh, my favorite movie is Shawshank Redemption, and I've recently found out that. Mr. Thomas Morstead, our punter, went by the name Andy Dufresne in his time in New Orleans because he's very good with numbers. And when they would have like special teams dinners and they would like take up the per diems and all the, he would like be the, he was like the money guy. He was like good with the numbers. Yeah. So Andy Dufresne is on my team and he's kind of tall and lanky. Kind of like Andy Dufresne was in the movie. All right. Last question is one that when I saw, who asked that? Buffalo Eric. Shout out Buffalo Eric for asking this question. I was like, we have to talk about this. And I, I yet I have not prepared a list of of active NFL players that I've played with to be on my fi- on my side. I have one in my brain, but the question was four active NFL players that you played with at some point in your career to be on your side in a bar fight. Do you want to go first or shall I? I'm going to say, let's do two, two active, two two, active NFL players, two each. Okay. Okay, Um, So the first and the, and I think he's active um, because he was active last year. His name is Ty Inseki. Mm. He was in Buffalo for a year, a um, couple years ago. Is he the one uh, that, that punched the dude uh, in the jaw? 
Didn't you have a teammate that punched a guy in the locker room at a previous team? It was the it was the didn't he like play for the Jets? It was when he played for the Jets, he got in the fight, broke I don't the dude's know jaw. If he played for the Jets, I don't think so. Was it O lineman? Ty and Secchi. No, he played for uh Washington for a few years. Anyway. Um and then came to Buffalo. Okay. Uh probably the strongest guy I've ever seen. He looks and he's he's never gonna hear this, so I can say it. And we honestly didn't talk that much. He looks like the predator, kind of. Because he's got like long dreads. Yeah. Um, so Tyneseki. My second one, pretty fitting, I believe. Uh Damakan Sue. Oh. Did you play on a team with a Damakan Sue? You played oh, you played with. Yeah, like on your Sorry, team. I missed that. No, on your like on I think it I thought on it was just team. four I thought it was just asking active players. No, I think it was like on your team. I'm going to say, yeah, Ty and Secchi. All right, you go while I think of my second. My first one, and this is like not even a question. I'm trying to, I'm, I've been looking at my phone trying to find this photo. Raekwon Davis. Okay. He is a defensive tackle for us right now. And. He is one of those guys. I don't know why John Feliciano wasn't the like next person that came into your head. He, but he, he, he came he, into my mind. He is, he is a John Feliciano type of guy that he will line up and play football or who go out in the parking lot and just fist fight you. And he doesn't care what you prefer. Yep. He will, he's happy either way. He is six seven and about three hundred and forty pounds, and he's just he's massive, and he's one of those guys that like in the locker room he'll like he'll like grab you and like he'll, like just like grab your shirt and it's like startling and you're like oh my god, and he like could like throw you up against the wall and like not actually realize what he's just done because he's that strong. He's like he's like a giant. But we have a cool handshake, and he's my friend, so uh, nice. he he doesn't mess with me. But he, I definitely would want him on my side. I'm gonna try and find this photo while you're uh, giving your. Uh, well, <clears throat> oh, you oh, oh, you oh, made it pretty oh, easy. I, I I need to uh, I need to <laughs> I need to give one one extra point on Raekwon. Raekwon got shot when he was in college outside of a bar in Tuscaloosa. And he played six days later. And <laughs> like, I swear. And I was talking to, I was actually talking to our defensive line coach uh, at the dinner table uh, on Saturday, uh, Friday before our game. And I was somehow Raekwon's like pre-draft, whatever came up in conversation. And he was talking about when he was uh, asking Raekwon about different things. And he brought up, getting shot and then playing six days later. And he's and I believe his answer was coach. It was just a bullet. Can't nothing stop me or something to that effect. It was just a bullet. There's nothing that can stop me. And where did he get shot? I think he got shot like in the leg or in the stomach or somewhere. The stomach is the only place I, I can think of that. Like yeah. you could somehow make it through a football game. 
anyway, he, yeah, he got shot. And bananas. And so when he, when our coach heard that, he was like, I'm done here. I know all I need to know about this guy. What else (laughs) do you need to know? Yeah. So that is who I'm taking number one in my bar fight draft. That's fantastic. (laughs) Um, So you made it pretty easy on me. I think right before you said that, John Feliciano's name popped into my head. Uh, I'll go with John just because he loves a good scrap. And uh, he's known to tussle with the best of them. So he he was kind easy, of the easy choice. This is there it is. Here's uh, here's Raekwon Davis. And for reference, the guy he's standing next to is a he's also an NFL defensive lineman, and he is six two. Okay. <laughs> wow. John Feliciano and Ty and Secchi. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, I, I think I'm going to go Raekwon Davis and Leonard Fournette. I think Leonard Fournette is going to be on my list just because he like made it out of probably one of the worst neighborhoods in New Orleans, former murder capital of the world. Just, just a, just a, just a scrappy dude. And he's willing to go toe to toe with anybody. He doesn't care. Like, just doesn't care. Don't matter. So I'm going to go Raekwon. And I mean, if I'm going like, if I'm going like largest human beings. See, I think that it's different. If I'm going like largest, most gargantuan human beings, uh, you got to go. Shoot. What was his name? He played. He played for Alabama. He was on our team last year for uh, a hot second, but he was at. He was the one that when you visited Alabama, his shoe was like the size eighteen cleat that they were like showing off. What was not his name? Cody? No, not Cody. Anyway, Leonard Fournette what position and Raekwon Davis, offensive tackle. Um, he came out in like 2009. DJ Fluker, DJ ah, Fluker. Yes. Okay, big guy. He's humongous. Big. Yes, humongous. There's a there's a picture of me and DJ, and it is hilarious because I was showing him. <laughs> this is DJ. He <laughs> wow. doesn't look real. Anyway, there's a there's a picture of me side by side with DJ Fluker, and it's it is comical how small he makes me look. But uh, if I if I have to, uh, and, and coincidentally they both played at the University of Alabama. If I have to, I'm going to go Leonard Fournette and Raekwon Davis. All right, duly noted. I think that's a wrap. That is a wrap and a half on this week's episode of After the Snap. As always, you can find us on social media at After the Snap Pod, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all those places. Give us a little subscribe on your YouTube page, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. This has been another episode of After the Snap Tales from Two Brothers Who Live Life Upside Down.